Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. The Danny Mac Show with BK. Podcast powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. Wednesday edition and, well, they officially report. They're in Jupiter. It's report day, although really technically it's like five days ago because of COVID-19. Not important, Dan. Let us Thank have you, our BK. moment. That's BK. I'm Danny Mac. Tanner is with us. The Danny Mac Show Wednesday edition. You're going to hear from Mike Schilt, John Mosellock, and others. Jeff Brantley, who was a Cardinal at one point here in St. Louis. He's a very good closer with the Reds. Dimitri Young was involved in that deal way back when, and uh, Jeff Brantley got to St. Louis. He is now a Reds broadcaster, so we'll talk it over with the Cowboy. You may have remembered him on ESPN as well. So Jeff Brantley will be our guest coming up uh, later in the show. It is report day. I'm not trying to take anything away. I'm just trying to be factual on this show because you know, BK, I'm always about the facts. That's right. I'm not going to stretch anything. I'm just point blank. It's black and white. There's no gray, and it's facts. And guys reported a little bit earlier than today. Dan That's is a newsman, and he's just trying to pass along just the news. That's you all the this news. is. Dan, it felt good to wake up this morning. I was laying in bed. I flipped on my phone, grabbed the 101 ESPN app. It is free on your phone. You should yeah, download is. that. You can listen on the app. I turned on Carriker and Smallman. And at 7.30, I'll be damned if I didn't hear Mike Schilt talking to reporters about reporting to spring training. That felt good, my friend. Yeah, that felt n- good. Normally, what would happen in a report day like this is that Mike Schilt would hold, a, and I'm curious how they do this going forward. This would be like a standard time every day for Mike Schilt to address the media. Maybe they grab a couple of players before they go out for workouts. Uh, but this is kind of the downtime of what spring training is. This is kind of, for me, this was always being down there the fun time to visit with players and to have that time and and guys are relaxed for the most part now you wonder if COVID-19 changes that with protocols and going through testing and making sure that everybody's socially distant and you're always on the lookout so to speak but normally this would be the time that Mike Schilt usually down there about 10 o'clock eastern time just gathers with the media and just talks and says hey here's what's going on Players are kind of coming in and out. Guys doing bullpens. You go in a backfield. There's somebody working on ground balls. Uh, a week later, Ozzie Smith shows up. And then mm-hmm. there's Jim Edmonds. And, oh, by the way, hey, Chris Carpenter just got here. You know, you're not going to have that, I don't think, this year. They're going to keep it as, you know, numbers down as much as they can. But that's the beauty of spring training. That is the fun of it. That's seeing the sun, the grass, uh, and the excitement. There's the no golf. doubt. And the Damn, golf. There's the some golf. golf. There's some beach time. There's all that stuff. <laughs> But it's fun, man. And uh, it, by all accounts, we're getting we're going to get through this thing, man. We're going to get to opening day, and we're going to baseball, and that's what we all want. Yeah. And at the beginning, the conversations, the other thing that is nice about this, there's rhythms and there's flow to all of this, and it starts with the pitchers and catchers. And so today, as we heard from Mike Schilt, a lot of the conversation did center around what this pitching staff's going to look like in 2021 for the And Cardinals. one of the questions that he was asked about the closers' role is it up for grabs? We have a lot of guys that have closed out games and had success doing it. So, but really it'll depend on, you know, we have some guys that are competing for a starter's job that, you know, have, have also been in that role as well. So, um, you know, we'll just see how camp unfolds. We also have guys that have done it that are more traditional bullpen guys. 
you know, Hicksy's back and, and it looks like he's healthy and Gloria will ease him into camp a little bit and see how it looks. And, you know, then of course you have the Gagos and Andrew Millers and guys like that have had some experience, you know, closing games as well. So, you know, it's hard to have this definite, you know, this is the closer kind of moment until quite candidly probably won't even be figured out until the very, very end of spring training. Seven different guys closed out a game last year for the St. Louis Cardinals leading the way. Uh, Miller had four and Gallegos had four. Now, if this is a normal season, guys prepare and Jordan Hicks is healthy. He's your closer. And I think by the end of the season, you're going to see him probably in more games than not. I, I think it could be a closer by committee here, starting things out, especially with the three batter minimum, which is going to be still in the game. But I'm looking closer by committee. You have options down there, and I think that's the direction they go. They've got to be very careful with Hicks, and they've got to put innings in the bank, not only with Hicks, but with others if you're going to be a postseason team. The other thing is they've got a lot of guys that could potentially be in that, I've called it the fireman role. I think that's what we're going to term it as for now. Basically what Andrew Miller, which you saw him do for years in Cleveland when he was in their bullpen. The guy that comes in, and regardless of what the biggest situation of the game is, whether that be in the bottom of the fifth or in the top of the seventh, whatever that situation is, man on second, middle of the order coming up, throw him out there, your best guy. I think Alex Reyes could be a guy for that specific role. I think John Gant might be a guy that you consider in that role. Maybe Andrew Miller gets a spot in that role. I think you've got plenty of options. Cabrera could be a guy that is used there. Helsley. And that makes me wonder, okay, who do you put at the back end? Because that's not to diminish what it means to be a closer. That is still a hugely important role. But I almost view that as the number one guy. Like my number one reliever should be that fireman. And the number two is my closer. Almost I, I'm now. going with Gallegos, I think, initially. As I, your closer? Yeah. I, I, I'm going to be very cautious with Hicks. I, I And plus, I'm a believer, and I know some people don't believe this, the last three outs are different than any other out in the game. So there's pressure on that. There's the physical, emotional, the hyped-up pressure that goes along with it. I want to ease him back in. He's, he's such a unique talent. When you're throwing 101-mile-an-hour sinkers, those guys don't fall off trees, okay? you gotta you got to treat it with kid gloves. And so I'm, I'm going to be very, very careful with that. I'm also going to be very careful with my starters, which is something that John Mosellock talked about this morning as well. We're all going to play nine-inning games um, in our little region. Um mm-hmm. Because obviously having where you're playing four off on the fifth, we are going to be searching for those innings. And then we, we do have a little uh, text thread going, trying to uh, orchestrate some B games. So I would imagine you're going to see us backfill that way. And and we look at our club. I mean, we're, we're certainly in need of innings. Um, I was all for this schedule. I thought it made sense. It was logical. But clearly when you look at, at, at sort of the depth of our, our, our pitching staff, when you start to say, well, you know, who's going to start and who's going to relieve, there's a lot of guys in that reliever bucket that need to get innings in this camp. And that's what we were just talking about. I was doing some numbers from last year. I think you're going to find this interesting. Nobody compiled more than 84 innings last season. Nobody. And that was Lance Lynn, right? Yes. Who led the league? Only 16 through more than 70 innings. Wow. Six teams, six different teams. No pitcher even reached 60 innings before the playoffs. Now think about that. Last year was the first time in the history of the game, and it makes me so emotional. (laughs) Last time, for the first time in history, starters averaged fewer than five innings per outing. Wow. That was the first time ever. 
And generally speaking, and I think this goes to what we were talking about with Reyes or Cabrera or some other guys that are young, and you're looking at a bright future for them. Generally speaking, you, you add on 30 innings every year. Generally speaking. Or 30%, however that however works. However you want to do it. Um, usually that, it comes out to about 30 innings, mm-hmm. 30, 35. So I was doing those numbers too. Um, start thinking about how you fill this roster. So maybe a guy like Reyes or Cabrera, you still stretch them out in spring training. So if you want to start them in some B games or regular games, whatever, in spring training, it's fine. But the the, the idea of a five-man rotation, I don't know if you want to look at it that way. Yeah, player X may get a start on day five of your five-man rotation, but he ain't going very long. It might be two times through a lineup, which analytics is going to tell you to do anyway. And then you're turning it over to two or three inning guys. And that could be your Helsley, Reyes, Cabrera, Carlos Martinez, maybe, if he's not in the rotation, technically. Those are the things I'm looking at with this bullpen, too. Absolutely. And the other thing, Dan, is you got to think about the roster management, too. That's kind of the managerial side of things. And then as a general manager, what Mo's looking at is, okay, who are the guys that have to make the roster out of spring training? Who are the guys that no longer have options that if I DFA them, they are going to be off of the roster? Somebody else is going to pick those up. I think there's nine of those guys. Flaherty, KK, Michaelis, Wayno, Carlos. Those are the five guys probably in your rotation. Ponce, Gant, Miller, Webb, no options for those guys. So those four will be in your bullpen, I would assume, going into 2021. That leaves probably four spots remaining for the rest of the bullpen. I would imagine yep. 13 pitchers probably on the roster. Here's the guys I'm going 13, you, yep. Here's the guys that you have to choose from for four spots. Reyes, Hicks, Gallegos, Helsley, Cabrera, Whitley, Elledge, Oviedo, Rondon. Good luck. That's nine guys for four spots that are remaining in yeah. your bullpen. So don't think about this as it's it's done. Your roster is set on opening day. There will be guys that do not make the Cardinals opening day roster that will have significant roles for this team, but they might start the year down in AAA. John Moselock was asked uh, this morning if he plans on making any additions to this roster. Um, overall, we're very confident in the roster we have. Uh, obviously, there's still some some players out there. I can't imagine us doing anything on the major league level at this point, but you know, never say never. But ultimately, I feel like after we had our roster meeting yesterday, uh, most everybody felt like we were in a pretty good spot. We felt like we had depth. And, and so our overall coverage, we feel pretty good about. And you just hit it on the head. They feel they have depth. So if you're looking for maybe a Jake Odorizzi or somebody else, I could see maybe them being like a Kyle Loesch situation. So you get what happens a lot of times. Now the guys get on the field. So they're talking about the roster. They're looking at it on paper and saying, hey, we got all these options. And then you get on the field and somebody gets hurt. Michaelis all of a sudden is ouchie or Wayno is not bad, whatever. And I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just throwing out scenarios. Those kind of things happen. And then all of a sudden, with the plethora of free agents that are still out there, then you go out and make that depth signing, which sometimes does happen. Yeah, and the other thing is you get to find out over the first week or two what these guys look like. And let's find out what Matt Carpenter looks like. What kind of shape is he in? What's his bat look like? What's his bat speed look like right now? What does Justin Williams look like once he gets to Major League Camp? It sounds like he's already there, so they're going to have an early start on him. I want to find out what these kind of swing pieces look like for the Cardinals before they decide to go into the fray of finding a a guy that's probably a major leaguer, but signs a minor league option. Yesterday, Dan, the Brewers did a couple of those. Chase Anderson re-signed with them. They also brought back Travis Shaw. 
He's technically on a minor league deal. And we got a question about this on the text line from the 618. Can you guys explain the difference between minor league deals and major league deals? It can be confusing to us as ordinary fans. Basically, for Travis Shaw, I'll just use him as the example. He's going to make like $2 million this year if he makes the major if league roster. he makes the major league roster, right. If he doesn't and they decide to DFA him, I think the decision date is like March 15th on him. If they DFA him, he can decline that DFA, and then he basically becomes a free, free agent, agent and again. can go elsewhere. Right. So he's essentially getting a camp tryout with the Brewers. And if it works out for him, he'll make his money. He gets to go onto the major league roster. If it doesn't, he can go elsewhere. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Cardinals maybe go into that market if they don't like what they see from some of their backup options. This is going to be kind of fun. Next segment, uh, did you come up with these, Tanner, the, the names of these? No, I can't you? take credit for this. Okay. BK did. Is this BK? Okay, we got the <laughs> Hazel Raker Award, the Big Mac Memorial Award for home runs, the Izzy Award, who finishes with the most saves, and Mr. Steal Your Bag. Well, I wonder what that... Oh, that's stolen bases. Yeah. You had to come up with something better than Mr. Steal Your Bag. Come on, BK. It's it's a rap term, Dan. Mr. Steal Your Girl. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that like that. <laughs> I I separate my rap tunes from baseball. I separate I, the two. I'm not surprised to hear that, Dan. But you're still my dog. You know that. <laughs> this is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Mr. Steal Your Bag. Who will finish with the most steals this year? It's Danny Mac and BK. BK setting up these names off of rap songs. Yeah, just one of them, Dan. Just oh, one of them. And who was that by? The artist? Trey Songs. Okay. Mr. Steal Your Girl was the song. Mm-hmm. How old is that? Oh, this is seven years old. How does it go? Oh, Dan, come on. Come on. I actually uh, am not going to sing that for you right now. However, who do you think is going to finish the year with BK, the most relax. steals? relax. We can dive into the numbers here in just a moment, all right? We can talk non-sports just for a second. How does this rap song go? I couldn't tell you right now, Dan. Do you know the lyrics? No. You just know the title? Yep, I know the song. All right. That's kind of disappointing. <laughs> Mr. Steal Your Bag. Okay, we're going to start with the Hazel Raker Award. I'm assuming this is in honor of Jeremy Hazel Baker. Of course, who surprised and made the opening day roster and then was fantastic for about six weeks for yeah, the Cardinals. About few, six weeks. years ago now. You, know, you always have those Rule 5 guys that sometimes have a chance. For instance, Drew Robinson, mm-hmm. who's gone through a lot, obviously. Um, he was a guy that maybe surprised some. Hazel Baker was one. There was somebody, and I cannot remember, mm, probably six years ago that made the roster and Rule 5 guy, and you give him a shot, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, you give him back to the team. Um, all right, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go Edmundo Sosa. Now, I don't know if this is really going out on a limb on this one. I think more fans, understandably so, are saying, now, wait a minute, who's going to be the closer? How about your starting five? Hey, can't wait to watch Nolan Arenado. I get it, right? But flying under the radar might be Armando Sosa, who's out of options. And I've said this many times. He can flat-out pick it, man. He can play third. He can play second. He can play short at a high level. Uh, two years ago, he was starting to show power. He didn't have a great um, offseason this year in terms of the numbers in winter ball. But that's the guy, I think, that makes this roster. It's interesting because I was going through this last night to try to find a good one, a good answer for this question. 
And I don't really have one. I don't think there's going to be a lot of surprises as to who does make the roster. I, I don't see like Libertor, Thompson, you know, those would be surprises to me. Sure. Now, those are names we know, but that would be like an exceptional camp. And they're so blown away that they're like, we got to take this guy. I don't see that happening. I think the bigger surprise for Cardinals fans is going to be who doesn't make the roster on opening day because I think you're going to see as we mentioned in the first segment one of at least one maybe two or three of those relievers that you were like oh I just fully expect him to have a significant role I think some of those guys are going to start the year down in AAA because there's only so many roster spots on the big league club so a guy like Ryan Helsley who I think is going to be really important for the Cardinals this year it wouldn't be a total stunner to see him start out the year down in AAA. He's going to make the big league club eventually, but it might just not be on opening day. Same thing for a guy like Cody Whitley. He's going to have a role for this team this year. Will it be on opening day? I don't know. And so it's easier to come up with guys that won't make the opening day roster that are surprises than that will. If I'm going to go with one who might be able to work his way in, I'll stick with the relievers. Maybe it's a guy like Seth Elledge who finds his way onto the big league club. Yeah. That would surprise me. Um, Those are the kinds of things that maybe you you see a guy who comes to camp and he just looks electric starting out to spring training and they find their way onto the big league roster on opening day. From the 260, you have read my mind. Danny, you're thinking about Eric Komatsu. That's who I was thinking of. Uh, Matt Bowman was also a Rule 5 guy that stuck recently and then they threw him about 120 times every year and his arm literally hydroplaned off his body one night. Um, Let's see. The big Nagowski is Hazel Raker. Uh, John Nagowski is going to be with us tomorrow, I understand. He is. Yeah, so we're, we're going to have uh, I was trying to find a, a way him. for him to make the roster. It's going to be tough. It's, it's with really no DH, difficult. It's, it's very tough. Especially if they're, if they're going to go 13-13, so it's 26-man roster, finding a way for him to make the big league club without injuries. Now, injuries could change all of this, but if there's no injuries to your main guys, it's going to be really difficult because they have so many outfielders they're going to have in the mix. Big Mac Memorial Award, 2021 Home Run King. I'll go with uh, an easy one. Well, maybe not. I'll go Nolan Arenado. I'm going to go over Goldschmidt on that one. I'm going to go Arenado. I think the correct answer here, like Arenado is definitely the favorite. Yeah. Would it be crazy if Paul DeYoung ends up being this? Would it, would it st- if we get to the no. end of the year and it's like, wow, Paul DeYoung hit 33 homers this year. Wouldn't stun me. Hit 31 year. Why couldn't he do it? I, I If I'm going to go with a surprise here, because I think the right answer is Arenado. If I'm going to go with a surprise well, you didn't here, ask I think me to the take answer, a surprise. You, I know. This, but you, the surprise was the Hazel Raker. This is the Big Mac Memorial Award. I think the, the winner of this award will be Nolan Arenado. The sleeper, like if we were looking for the, the value betting okay. pick. I think for me, that would be Paul DeYoung. I, I think he's a guy that absolutely has the potential to end up with 30-plus homers this You know, year. you can do a prop bet on uh, FanDuel. That's, I've heard about that. Yeah, WXOS is the promo code. Uh, the Izzy Award, most likely to finish the year with the most saves. I'm going to go um, not with Jordan Hicks because I think they're going to be very careful with him. I'm going to go Gallegos. I think he's the guy. I think he comes out. Um, if, if they're going to say, okay, well, you'll know by how they do it in games. I don't know if they're going to come out and flat out say Giovanni Gallegos is our closer day one, but you'll watch how they play the games. Um, I'll go Gallegos. I'm going to go Jordan Hicks. I don't think he starts the year as the closer. I think by by June, I think he has that job back and I because I think he's their best guy. So I think you'll put him back there at the back end of your bullpen. You'll give Gallegos some more high leverage innings in the middle. I think Jordan Hicks eventually gets that job, even though I don't think he starts the year with the closing gig. 
John Mosaloc and Tanner, I think you have the bite right here. He talked about it this morning, but the injury factor of coming back for both Hicks and Michaelis. I know Hicksy will be someone that we monitor. I think Miles is pretty much cleared to go in a in a regular routine. So um, from that standpoint, I, I think net net overall, it's, it's been positive from what I've heard from the from the medical people. So that's good news. Again, though, I think he ease him back in. It's not just. The fact that he he throws 101, but it's Tommy John. It's the fact that it was a COVID year last year. He opted out, had a pre-existing condition. He's diabetic, so you understand that they're going to be cautious with uh, Jordan Hicks. Mr. Steal, your bag. Who will finish the year with the most steals? Um, if he has a good, if he's at the top of the lineup, especially, and he's on, his on-base percentage is back to where he was as a rookie, I'm going Tommy Edmond. I like it. I think that's uh, that's a good answer. He's probably the favorite for this one as well. I'm going to go Dylan Carlson. Let's see Dylan Carlson get a little bit more active on the base pass this year, especially if he ends up as the leadoff, leadoff hitter, guy, yeah. which they're talking about a little bit. We'll see with that. I think that uh, I think your guy, Tommy Edmonds, probably the favorite for that role. But if Dylan Carlson ends up being the leadoff guy, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets... 15, 17 stolen bags this year, and that could easily lead the team. All right, I'm going to go with something that's not on your list, but okay. I am going to ask you, who throws the most innings this year, which could be vital for the club? A- any club, you need innings. I- I'm curious out of what we're saying is a starting five, what you think would be uh, the direction they go in terms of innings. I'm going to go KK. He's on a one-year deal basically this year. They have very little downside. If he gets hurt, and this is not me like saying it's it's no big deal, it's a huge deal for them, but... In the long term, you need to watch out for Jack Flaherty's future. You, you need to find out, okay, we're, we're going to kind of handle him with kid gloves a little bit still this year. Same thing is true with Miles Michaelis. You want to make sure he doesn't break down once again. Wayno's 40. Yeah, so it, it's it's hard to see him getting up to 180, 200 innings. So I'm going to go KK. He's on the last year of that deal. He's going to hit free agency after the season. It doesn't hurt you long term if there were to be an injury there. I think he's the guy that I would have as the leader for this team in innings. A couple ways to look at it. Uh, I was leaning towards Jack Flaherty. I think they're going to take the training wheels off and say, go get him. Um, But the other guy that would be of interest thinking about this. Now, it's not a shortened season and it's a full season. And because he's already made a bundle of money, Adam Wainwright. Hey, you need a guy to go deep tonight? Eh, it's Wayno's turn. He gives a seven. Did it last year. That's what I mean. If he's back to where he was last year, and he's changing how he's pitching. I, I find it fascinating how he's pitching. He is throwing more curveballs. He's not looking at the numbers as much. He's just basically saying, this is what I do well. So if you can hit me at what I do well, I'll tip my cap. But I'm not going to pitch to your – you know what I mean? It's He's – don't think he's not going over scouting reports and trying to pitch to weaknesses. Of course he's doing that. But he's also saying, I've got some pretty good strengths too. I'm going to roll with me instead of worrying about so much with you. It's the old Bill Belichick scouting idea, right? Don't tell me what he can't do. Tell me what he can, and we'll figure out a way yeah. to be able to use that in our system. Adam Wainwright basically looked at it. He said, okay, I'm not worried about what I can't do anymore. No, I can't throw 94. That's just not there for me anymore. I'm not going to be that guy. What I can do is I've still got one hell of an Uncle Charlie, and I found a way to kind of recapture the magic of that pitch, and so I'm going to lean on it, and I'm going to pitch to contact. I've got this great defense, especially this year, behind me, and we're going to be able to win a bunch of games by me pitching this way, and it's worked so far. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Now, one of the problems with 
COVID-19. And let's just face it, there's a lot. But in my line of work, I get to travel. I get to see guys. One of my favorites I get to talk to is the cowboy. That's Jeff Brantley, who is does play-by-play. He's an analyst with the Cincinnati Reds, always with a Coke in his hand and a smile on his face. Cowboy, how you doing? I'm doing good. No Coke this morning, though. <laughs> Why not? Cowboy, I always see you with a Coke, man. Get you I going. usually have one. I've got to get my act together. I'm telling you. Training. Hey, how you doing, man? Everything going well? Everything's going good, except for the ice storm down here. I don't know if you guys got it up there. Oh, yeah. We're in major lockdown. You know, in the South, we don't have the equipment to move things off of the road like they do in most places that are north of us. So we are just kind of, if you don't have a four-wheeler, you're not going anywhere. Where are you right now, by the way? I am in Jackson, Mississippi. That's where I live during the off-season. It's actually just a little north of Jackson. But um, we have had some kind of um, some kind of ice storm down here, and it's just locked down everybody. Do they even plow the streets down there? I mean, here in St. Louis, they, they kind of have. Most of the main ones, you're, you're good to go. Side roads can be a little iffy. But down in Mississippi, do they even plow the streets right now? Well, if if you're plowing your streets, it's probably because normally your job is plowing your field. So uh, that that's not happening right now. It, it's just a straight sheet of white ice. You even when they show the the helicopter cams overhead, there's nobody even on the interstate. Wow. Hey, uh, Jeff, I want to ask you about a, a number of things, but let's get into the Reds first and foremost, um, and really the Central. What do you think about the Reds' chances going into the Central, even with minus Iglesias, minus Bauer? Just in general, your thoughts on the Reds? Well, I I think this is a good club. I I think it's a better club than than what they showed last year, even though they did get into the playoffs for the first time in quite a while. I I think the club is actually better talent-wise. The the whole issue for me is this club should have hit way better than what we saw last year. I don't and get it. I, I just do not I, understand it. I don't think anybody does, Danny. I, I think that in the in the grand scheme of things, when you start putting the backs of baseball cards together, this this Reds offense should have been, and I think a lot of people are anticipating that it will be better this year, but they just should have hit better last year. So what needs to change for that to take place? I mean, is there an approach that was an issue for them? Is it just guys without the video struggled? What do you think happened? I think, to be honest with you, I think it was a a great expectation. I think a lot of the guys um, tried to overperform, tried to do better than uh, and live up to the expectation better than what they would normally have to do, especially in a in a season that was interrupted by the pandemic and you're only playing a, a limited amount of ball games, uh, there's a lot of veteran hitters on this club and it just never, they never seem to get into sync. And I think anytime that you have a, a ball club where you have significant additions, uh, not only from a, a lineup perspective, but from a locker room perspective, just big personalities, uh, the Castellanos and Moustakas, and you've got Akiyama from Japan and, it, it just, and then you add Trevor Bauer to that mix. There was just a lot going on, and it just never seemed to, never just seemed to go in the right direction all at the same time. I'm curious your thoughts, Jeff. You've you've watched Joey Votto his entire career basically, and he's an on base machine. And we were having a 
a talk with one of the national writers about the the guys that are in the game today that could be Hall of Famers. And he said, well, there's the Joey Votto effect is what he put it. He said, when you look at him analytically, he's a darling because of on-base percentage. It's incredible. It's well above 400. But yet, you know, he's not dry. I think it's been, what, two or three times he's driven in 100 runs. What what? How would you define, you know, Joey Votto as a player? What what would be the, the way you would describe? Because I think he's a fabulous hitter. I love watching him play, but I don't watch him every day. What What is it like from your perspective? I think that he has always been a nightmare to face as a pitcher. Uh, he gives you the the effect of a uh, a leadoff type hitter uh, that and I can remember facing these guys even like a Brett Butler when I was playing in, in my day where you make great pitches and instead of the hitter putting them in play and make making an out, he just fouls them off and lives for another pitch. That that's Joey Votto to begin with. The the effect that Votto brings to me is not only can he walk and, and get base hits and, and make extended at bats, but he's a guy that can come up late in the ball game and hit the ball out of the ballpark and tell you he's going to hit it out of the ballpark. I mean, he's, he's got two different phases to his game. Now, is that going to continue to, to stay there as he gets older? I, I would not think so because that nobody does that. It, it's too difficult. Now, where the adjustment comes in between being a power guy or an on-base guy, um, I think that's where Votto is right now. I think he's trying to make that transition and trying to make something fit comfortably so that he can help this ball club win. We're talking to Jeff Brantley here on 101 ESPN. Jeff, I'm curious, what is the perspective of the Cardinals from Cincinnati, from from your fans out there, from you yourself as somebody that has watched that team so closely? What's your perspective of this Cardinals club going into 2021? Um, I think it's really interesting, fellas, to, to look at this division and you see one team, that would be the Cardinals, that have gone out and made a play for a guy like Paul Goldschmidt, and now you turn around moving into 2021 and you have secured the other side of the infield with Nolan Arenado. I don't know that any other club in in this division has done anything like that outside of their own players that they've homegrown. And, you know, that, that makes it a difficult task to compete. Um, you look at the Cardinals have always been known for developing their own pitching and, and very good pitching at that and continuing that, that leadership with Carpenter and then the Wainwright. And, and now you you're moving on the way that they are now. It, it makes it difficult to, to put that club um, out of your, your thought process when you start talking about the best clubs in the division. We didn't see guys go deep pitching wise last year. no, uh, starting staff average more than five innings. First time in the history of, of baseball. What do you think that's going to be, the lingering effect of that going into 2021 for baseball? I think that you're going to start to see major injuries in the bullpen department. Uh, guys can – there is no way that bullpens, un, unless you continue to uh, enlarge the bullpens, which we've seen a bit of, uh, I don't know that with the current roster state that you're going to continue to have pitchers being able to pitch two innings two or three times a week. And that that's what it takes when you have pitchers, when you have starting pitchers that aren't getting past five innings. And really, to me, that you, you have to be able to manage the game such that you can get your starters at least 
six innings on the board or that bullpen is going to burn out. And, and I just think that that over a period of time, we're going to lose a lot of pitchers out of the bullpen. And that, that's going to be a tough task. It, it may not be that difficult right now, but five to ten years down the road, we're going to be having only kids coming up and pitching out of the bullpen and hoping to transition into starting pitching. And ultimately, we're not going to have any starting pitching. and We're going to end up with guys pitching two or three innings at a time, uh, two days a week. And that's just going to make for a tough watch. Jeff, I'm curious, you know, you, you were in your prime back in the 94-95 seasons when baseball had its strike. And it's not a one-to-one comparison to what the guys are dealing with right now. But for guys that did have a limited inning, limited number of innings a year ago, can can you lean back on that experience in 94-95? What, what was that like for you? And how do you think this is going to be for the pitchers today who are trying to throw 180-plus innings after I think Lance Lynn led the league last year with throwing just 80? Yeah, I think for a relief contingent, I think it's a blessing in disguise simply because you're you're almost getting a, a little bit of uh, wear and tear taken off of your arm. I know for me, the, the following year in, in 95 and again in 96, uh, my arm felt phenomenal. Now, that's going to catch up with you sooner or later, as it did with me. But I think for the next couple of years, it, it's actually going to help guys out of the bullpen. I think where you're going to see the problem is with starting pitchers when we get into August and September. And it really doesn't matter what kind of name you attach to that. It could be the the Cy Young Award winners from from years past. It could be a guy that's just getting to the big leagues. But I, I think August and September of 2021 is going to be absolutely brutal when it comes to starting pitching. Couldn't agree more. And I was wondering if you think that they need to go back to expanded rosters this year because of that. It was a point I was going to bring up earlier, but I do wonder about it if that's the best way to go about trying to protect some of these guys. Well, I think that when you're watching the game, you're watching the game for the supreme talent. And I think that those rosters may have an opportunity to change if we start to see some major injuries. Uh, to brand-name players, to big players uh, and big-name pitchers. Uh, up, up until that point, it, it's kind of like the, the red light at, at the intersection that never gets there. It's always a four-way stop until two or three people get killed, and then you finally put the red light there. Uh, that's kind of the way this thing works. You don't make a decision until a bunch of people start to get hurt, and then you finally react to it. Jeff, final question that I've got for you. Back in 2000, you played every day with – Uh, Scott Rowland, we certainly know him well here as the guy that was in the hot corner for the Cardinals. And that's been the comparison for a lot of Cardinals fans for what they should expect out of Nolan Arenado going into this upcoming season. What was it like playing with Scott defensively back then? And do you think that is a fair comparison for what Cardinals fans should expect from Nolan Arenado? Yeah, I think that's a good comparison. I I love playing with Rowland. The, the part that Roland brought to the ballpark every day that you could never take away was his competitive edge. Uh, there was, there was never a time that Roland took a day off or an at bat off or a ground ball off, uh, whether he got a hit or whether he, he made the play, you knew that he was sold out. And, and that's, that's part of, that's part of making a, a great clubhouse atmosphere and part of making a, a leadership team on a ball club. And, I just think that, that Scott Rowland was the epitome of a, of a phenomenal teammate. And, and I have no doubt that Nolan Arenado will do the same in St. Louis. Hey, uh, Cowboy, are you, uh, you headed to Arizona? What are you doing? 
Next Thursday, I will be on my way to Arizona, getting ready to do our ball games. Um, it, it may be uh, it may be a while before I get to do a lot of games in in person uh, on the road because I, I have a feeling we're not going to be doing a whole lot of traveling this year either. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Hey, hey, buddy, I appreciate your time. Stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, we'll catch up down the road. All right, fellas, take care. You got it. That is uh, Jeff Brantley, who pitched here in St. Louis and longtime broadcaster now with the Cincinnati Reds. I'm in agreement with him. I, I think the the biggest concern health-wise outside of COVID-19, which is number one for Major League Baseball, keeping guys socially distant, safe, healthy, testing protocols adhered to, all those things, the pitching. And when you talk about between the white lines, it's just hard to do when you have that few of innings from a year ago and then say, well, we're, we're back to 162 trying to cover those innings. And I, it's almost going to be like a, a war of attrition by the end of the season. How many guys did you have? And this is why I've always been bullish on the Cardinals. How many players, pitchers specifically, do you have to get you through this upcoming season? And that's what it's going to come down to. I mean, there's a reason why the Dodgers go out and get Trevor Bauer when they have already guys that would be twos or threes, maybe ones on other teams, and they might be a five or a six or a seven with the Dodgers. You go out and get Bauer because you want innings. Now, he's he's awesome. Don't get me wrong. He's a, he's a great talent, but you are loading up players and great players to make sure you get through a season, and that's what they're doing. There's a reason why the smart teams that are really good right now are all doing the same thing. They're all hoarding pitching. The Padres, what they do this offseason? They added as many yeah. surefire starters as they possibly can. Musgrove, Darvish, Snell. The Dodgers, same thing. They went out and got an, an ace who's going to be their number three starter, which is wild. Um, and they've got, I mean, guys galore that can throw three or four innings in their bullpen right now. Same thing for the Cardinals. These teams that are looking to be competitive this season, they're all they're following the same model because they all kind of see what's on the horizon here. It, it could get ugly. Uh, that is PK. I'm Danny Mac. Tanner is with us. This is the Danny Mac Show on a Wednesday. We'll cross it over when we come back. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. All right, BK, Ferrario, they're coming up between 11 and 2. Three hours of radio greatness coming your way here on 101 ESPN. I'm looking forward to it. Um, You have got uh, some baseball talk, I assume. Absolutely, Dan. Uh, We're going to get into the closer role that we talked about with you. We'll get into that coming up right about five minutes from now. In case anybody needed even more reason to be excited about Nolan Arenado, We'll get into that coming up at 11.15 because you got another one today. And coming up at 1 o'clock, J.P. Morosi of MLB Network will join the show to talk about if there are any other moves, maybe under the radar signings potentially that could still help the Cardinals. I, I think there's going to be more signings as we go into and we're already seeing it. Like like you talked about with the Brewers doing what they did. I mean, teams are getting there, and it's a reality that we need to fill our roster. And there's a lot of guys still out. I mean, something like 150, 200 free agents still left out there. Some are names that you know, some aren't. But I think that you're going to have teams going out there and saying, hey, this guy wasn't ready. We got to get somebody else in here. And it's from both sides, right? The players, too. I would imagine a lot of them right now are calling their agents like, hey, do we have anything in the works, yeah. man? It's it's report day. Uh, I, I need to get to a camp somewhere, even if it is a minor league contract that could potentially become a big league deal. I got to get somewhere to get some swings in against live pitching. So I would imagine it's from both perspectives. One of the things, if you're a Cardinal fan, that you probably would enjoy seeing, if you go to the Cardinals Twitter page, 
they have a picture of in the uh, th- there's only certain people that are allowed around the players. One of them is the team photographer, my understanding. And so he's passed the protocols and tested and all that kind of stuff. So he's socially distant and lenses can get tight on players. So you don't have to be right up next to him, BK, as you well know. And there's a picture of one Nolan Arenado in Cardinal Red catches your attention it it certainly does it catches your attention because he's down there already yeah we talked with his agent joel wolf on uh, bk and ferrario a few weeks ago and he told us whenever arenado found out about the deal he just he told his agent i just want to go jive to jupiter right now i just want to get down there well he didn't actually do it then but pretty damn close because he's already down in jupiter when it's supposed to be uh catchers and pitchers reporting today i like uh we were going to get into this today we're going to push it back to tomorrow so the biggest surprise to you this major league baseball offseason could be the trade of arenado white uh white Sox and tony la russa that's got to be number one it's it's It's, up there stunning it it was absolutely stunning but if you know the history with he and jerry reinsdorf you go well i I get it you know but but yes with the managers that were available this offseason and what that job is with the young talent it was stunning to me that they made that decision for better Um, or worse ryan tapera gave the uh, nl mvp vote yeah that that caught your attention is uh that is up there (laughs) Uh, Yankees and Red Sox actually made a deal. So those are some of the things that we'll get into tomorrow. But I, I do enjoy uh, looking at the offseason. I, I, you know, I, I look at this season and I think, what's my biggest question going in? What is the biggest thing I think about generally, not just with the Cardinals? Getting through a season, 162 with COVID, can they do it? That, that's as a baseball, just looking at it, you know, on the white, between the white lines on the field. I think that has to be your number one concern if you're Major League Baseball or any team. But the other thing is hovering over Major League Baseball will be the CBA. And with everything you hear about, whether it's a DH or did they sign this guy? Well, why did they give him a long term? What's this thing? It's the CBA in mind. Trade deadline will come around. Why didn't you make that? Well, the CBA's around the corner. We're not sure if we want to do that. We don't know what the future looks like. It's going to be hovering over the season the entire year. I hate saying that, but I do believe that. Why isn't the DH in? Because CBA is coming up. Right. Why is there not expanded playoffs? Because the CBA is on the other side. It, it's it's all interconnected. Should it be? No, but it is. And this is, this is where we are with baseball, unfortunately. I would say this, though. I would think that with players missing two-thirds of their salaries last year and with if they would be locked out or strike or whatever, you want to have a labor dispute Coming off of COVID-19 and with the excitement of you would hopefully see numbers plummet and fans are back in the stands that they understand the responsibility to themselves and to the sport. What are we doing best for the sport to play the games and make sure that this does not become a focal point going into next year? That's the way I would look at it. And you'd think that cooler heads would look at it, prevail, and say, absolutely, we got to get on the field, no matter what. What happens? I just don't have a whole lot of faith right now. BK, Ferrario, they're coming up next on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Peloton, let's go! 
this holiday with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.